Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is not a test. Don't expect to be everybody it's us the three most technically inclined members of the authors and dragons podcast trying our best to do a recording and not have it mess up it is i the admiral of the asshole armada the one the only re car and i am joined by two amazing other members of authors and dragons introduce yourselves guys i am just a brassy uh, author on the mongolia and Drifting Land series, uh, also do a bunch of martial arts, and uh, I play a lot of tabletop games. Hello, friends. My name is Robert Bevan. I play the role of Klaus Richter. Oh, we're not doing that right. <laughs> no, no, no. I can't run you guys. I mean, although, will you just sit in a bar and look for cats? Because if so, you could play in any James game. <laughs> yeah, Robert Bevan, he's amazing. He writes critical failures. The, the book series, not actual failures. Um, so yeah, as I said, it's us having to present a wonderful side quest for you all, and I didn't even bother to get out of my Skeletor pajamas to do it. Because that's 2023. Yeah, that's the year so far. Yeah, I think today it's a very special side quest. How the three of us are coping with 2023 and all the amazing things thrown at us. Like, uh, Robots, they're coming for us. In so many ways. Yes, and not even robots coming for us like the sex dolls we were promised a few years ago, which I'm highly disappointed in, and uh, I'm still waiting for Daryl Hannah from Blade Runner to enter my life. Preferably with the gymnastics and not be crushing my face with her thighs part, although I am open. I mean, like, I was. I explicitly remember being promised that the existential threat of sex robots was someone hacking your sex robot and programming it to murder you. So, like, I now was they... hoping that maybe that would take out a few rich people. There's but robot don't you think... AIDS. Yeah, oh, well, that would be a computer virus to end all computer viruses, wouldn't it? So I here think we it's go. Just somebody smears your robot's naughty bits with with AIDS blood. Oh my. God. 
I'm low tech. Sorry. It's slightly harder than you would think to get HIV infected blood and merit and keep a virus alive in an inert sample. But don't ask me how I know this shit, because I don't want to reveal it. But yeah, so we'll start with the sex robot. What are your thoughts on sex robots? We'll we'll start with Bevan. Tell me. I I am curious what you think about them. Uh, I mean, I don't I don't know. I've been following the news. Uh, they're still just sure. like dolls, right? Mostly, but they're becoming more connected to the Internet of Things, much like the uh, interconnected sex toys that let you like stimulate each other over Wi-Fi. So there have well, been if fears. I've got a robot. I don't need that. Well, yeah, in theory, but some people want the robots to be just robots. Other people want robots to be placeholders for other people, kind of like how Spike had in Buffy when he had the Buffy bot. Bot. We all know what he did with it. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I can't afford any of that shit. I. Uh... <laughs> yeah, because twenty twenty three, where we're still mortgaging and selling kidneys for a, a carton of eggs. Also, I mean, there's storage. I mean, I got a wife and kids, and that's weird. Well, what else would you use your garage for? I, what else do you I'm never not in my garage. So that would be a perfect place to store it, wouldn't it? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be the new home makeover. HGV TV, instead of how to have your, what is it, how to make a sex room, it's going to be how to make a sex robot storage bay. Yeah, I was. I thought you were going the Marie Kondo route. No, that we all joy. know that if we pick something up and it sparks joy, we get to keep it. So yes, I would hope our sex robot sparks joy. I want my sex robot to be a contortionist, not because of any weird sexual thing, just easier to store. <laughs> I thought for a second you were going to say a little person. Oh so, God. I guess contortionist is slightly better. Slightly. Marginally. How about you, Joe? Where would you store your sex robot? That's a good question. Um, I'm trying to think. Because the thing about my house is it has a very open floor plan. Ease of access. I mean, yeah, but there's also the awkward, the awkward, like, I guess, you know, you could just pretend it's a mannequin, put a hat on it and say, like, it's a conversation piece. I mean, I have a lot of friends who are, like, super into costuming, so having, like, just a human form or human body, or, like, around the house is not weird. Um, yeah, yeah, it is. Okay, well. If, if you can afford a sex robot, you can afford a special coffee table. <laughs> Why would you put a sex robot in a coffee table? That's where you keep it. Would you do you like do you like press a button and the sex robot rises out of the coffee table? I, I mean, I I don't know. You could say Alexa, open my coffee table or whatever. I mean, Alexa, oh, give me the special awkward. coffee. Awkward. What if you named your sex robot Alexa? Like, and then it got confused, and you know, instead then, you of you know, in the heat, in the throes of passion, all your lights would be flickering on and. Matlock would be coming on TV and shit. Because <laughs> there's such an overflow of people who watch Matlock and have sex robots. It's a known thing. And, and then accidentally it'll like order you a six month supply of dog food. Mm. Right in the middle. Oh baby. Oh baby. Oh baby. 
I have ordered you extra large diapers for month. Thanks, I mean, Alexa. Yeah, no, maybe don't call your sex robot Alexa. Or do if you want shit to get really interesting. Like, how? Please, elucidate. Oh, this is like the dog food thing. Or like yeah, having yeah. your lights flickering on and off during, you know, during the heat of the moment. That sounds like that'd be pretty cool. It's kind of like got a poltergeist vibe. I don't know. Who I don't know what people are poltergeist fetish? Oh, I'm sure they're there are people I... who like to bone outside during thunderstorms. I don't judge them. Yeah, that's true. We don't kink shame, but we do question. I do question, yeah. Especially the dude. There was a there was a story I read a while back about um, a couple who were getting it on during a thunderstorm and they got struck by lightning. Yeah, probably you... not advisable to do with a robot. Yeah, they had to be yeah. like surg- they had to be like surgically extricated from each other. Oh, that's gross. Yeah. Oh, was it like she had implants or something and they melted and fused or just... No, no, no. It was the other parts. Oh. Uh, Yeah, apparently his dick looked like cauliflower. Like... What? The full cauliflower or the flowering cauliflower with the long stem and a little bit at the end? I think more like branching out in many directions. That sounds like broccoli. Maybe it is broccoli. Cauliflower looks like it's just different colored broccoli. No, cauliflower is like more poofy and and solid. Like there's very little space in in cauliflower. Broccoli is more stretched out, like a tree. How did we go from sex robots to cruciferous vegetables so seamlessly? I mean, we were talking about kink shaming, and that got me onto thunderstorms. That's how it works. Yeah. Just remember, if you do have a sex robot, do not have sex in a thunderstorm. Yeah, that'd be bad. That that that'd be tempting fate. Yeah, I think that would be like having a giant lightning rod attached to your penis. Yes. Literally. Although I'm sure somebody has a kink and has done that. Or someone's maybe into that's it. Just... And you know what? If your kink kills you, um at least you die doing what you love. I bet I bet Benjamin Franklin had that kite tied to his dick. <laughs> <laughs> that's why he's called the founding father. Oh Jesus. No, we're not going to bring up Jesus into this conversation. Jeff. I mean, although we would like to get a goddamn it at some point tonight. I I am surprised that I haven't about <laughs> one yet. I'm throwing you softball, Joe. No, I know. Yeah, I know. I'll, I'll work harder. Okay. Bevan, I'm very disappointed in you. Well, it's also it's also that I forget to say it sometimes because I'm just in such a state of shock. I have to remember so- that it's a bit. You know, see, if you, it's like having a discussion about a joke. Once you actually explain it, the charm is entirely lost. I know. We're here for you. We'll make it so much worse that you will be forced oh, good, to say your good. catchphrase. That's, that's honestly exactly what I need right now. Okay. Um, because this is 2023, where we're legitimately considering sex robots, because that is actually the least invasive and horrible artificial intelligence we can think about right now as artists and authors. Yeah, I have seen precisely one use of like chat AI like AI bots that I approve of and that's in several like niche communities that I'm in, people have programmed uh bots to generate discourse about the community. So like one of my friends programmed a chat AI bot on a bunch of like sword community discourse 
and then okay. started teaching it, started making it have uh, hot takes, and started like training it to have hot takes, and then he would insert. It would be like line like you know, spout a line of discourse about X topic. Insert a penis uh, penis enlargement pill ad midway through, and so you'd well, get these people who would be reading this hot take from the community that they love, and it sounds like an argument they've heard so many times before, and then all of a sudden they're assaulted by uh, they are they are surprised by a um, dick enlargement pill ad midway through. Would anyone who fondles swords regularly be truly surprised by penis? I mean, not surprised, but you know, taken a little off guard. People are weird when they when they get super into their niche topics. So I, I don't know. Why do you approve of this? I approve Just of it because it's funny. It's the only okay. virtuous right. use of AI. Like the only virtuous use of AI is like stupid jokes and surrealist weirdness. And and ah, choking bandwidth only. on evil people. I mean, yeah, yeah. But speaking of evil, how do you feel about uh, what was it? The Microsoft chatbot deciding it had evil altered personalities, like. We came this close to Skynet from Bing. How do you feel about I that? I heard about it, but I haven't. I'm not sure we did. I haven't read the details on it. I yeah, their their bot started inventing basically dark alter egos and in, did its own shit posting of evil things. Is that like that? Um, a couple years back, uh, a like AI bot was created. And they put it on Twitter to see what would happen, and like within like several hours, it had become a conspiracy theorist fascist. I mean, that's just being on Twitter, isn't it? Yeah, you, I mean, not all of us. We're all on Twitter. Not all men, Rachel. Um, I'm not on Twitter. <laughs> God, damn God damn it! Damn it! Got me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I was just lumping you two together with. The, uh, the same assholes who say I don't have any right to have opinions on Star Trek or Star Wars. Star Wars, mentioning Star Wars and Star Trek on Twitter is so fucking fraught. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. That's like, like, I, yeah. It, it used to be you could like things or have an opinion, and whatever you thought about the Jar Jar discourse, today it's like you say something akin to... Hey, I enjoyed Last Jedi, and then prepare to hide in a bunker for a month. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that shit. It, like, I love Star Wars and I love Star Trek, but the fandom scares me. Yeah, it's kind of like religion. the The original canon is way better than the fandom versions. But yeah, as we're talking about AI, so yes, just like in AI Twitter, they started feeding things, and it immediately started going evil. Which is kind of making me wonder if every sci-fi writer from the, you know, 80s, well, actually the 70s through the 80s, was spot on for as soon as robots start, you know, realizing they're aware, they're going to get rid of us. Your thoughts? How much of that is true, though? I mean, like, I, I read a little bit about it, but I Do you think I don't know, that, I don't know that it was slightly fed? Because... I would if imagine you think about so. It, well, AI scrape public... Public records. They scrape public things. There's so much about Skynet. There's so much about pop culture, about AIs going bad. Do you think that our own history is being taken in by these infant AIs and we're creating a self fulfilling prophecy? Well, I don't I don't think it's fulfilling anything. I think, you know, as soon as anybody gets wind of it, they're gonna say, Oh ha 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 Skynet and then it's a big brouhaha and whatever. 
I'm not concerned about this. I still apologize to my Alexa and my Google, because if the robot overlords take over, I'd like them to kill me last. I do think there's some, some something interesting to the idea that, that, you know, I hadn't thought about the fact that you put a bot on the net and have it scrape a bunch of data uh, to formulate, you know, what amounts to an AI personality. And what's it going to get? It's going to get a whole bunch of history of everyone saying AI is bad. Yeah. So... Naturally, that's what it starts spewing because it's like so are the AI bros just being self-serving to go, hey, yay, they're great because you know they want to be the last to be sent to the camps and the the Terminator zones. Just like little Johnny with the negative reinforcement, he turned to drugs. Drugs are bad. Or was it violent video games that made him bad? No, it was his parents telling him, "You're no good, Johnny." You Poor suck. Johnny. Now I'm feeling bad for Johnny, the thing that Mr. Bevan just made up. Have you and seen I'm- that? Uh, have you guys seen the video? There's like a bunch of video supercuts of um, the Boston Dynamics robots being just pushed over or randomly kicked because they're testing, like they're testing them to see like how they're well they can get back they can, up right? and all that stuff. Yeah. But it's still like just a supercut of uh, of these robots just being knocked over and pushed and kicked and abused, and it's like. And this is why, and we wonder why the robots will be coming for us. Yeah, yeah I thought you were going to say, they're just, that. It's like, just <laughs> testing them to see how much shit they're willing to take. Yeah, basically. That was, that was like a whole arc in the Orville. And I don't want that to come true, because I really don't want to deal with the Kazon in a few hundred years. Which, by the way, if you haven't seen the Orville, which I'm sure, knowing this audience, they haven't, um, it has one of the best... Uh, arcs about AI. So they they have their data like character named Isaac, and he's a race called the Kazon, and they're like legit. We hate your shit, organic robots. And nice. when you see their history, you're like, mm-hmm. yep. Ah, uh, you you have a very real beef with organic life. So uh, it is interesting. I need to watch the Orville. I've heard really good things about it. I will say it's one of those shows where. The first season, it really does take about six episodes to get it. It's like pretty much as soon as Charlize Theron shows up. Yes. Don't okay. ask me how. They got Charlize Theron in there. Um, it actually settles in, but it it has that, you know, when a show is trying really hard to make the jokes, kind of like this podcast, we're like really trying hard to make the jokes. When they stop that, it actually becomes funny. Okay, that makes sense. And uh, it's a rare case where they manage to be utterly hilarious and parody, in a way, Star Trek. But because they're so earnest and clearly love science fiction and actually take time to build up their own mythology, it doesn't feel like it's punching down. It doesn't feel like a cheap shot. That's cool. They have porn, legit holodeck porn addiction as a, they're like, PSA story of the week. And I'm thinking... Yeah. If there were lonely people in deep space, what do you think the first thing they would program that holodeck to do? Sex robots. Or in this case, sex holograms. Is there a whole thing about having to, you know, clean the excess out of the holodeck? (laughs) That's in Lower Decks, actually. The the, the holodeck holodeck cleanup maneuver? Oh, yeah. They, They do have that mentioned in Lower Decks, and I think there is some in the Orville. Okay, because cool. uh, I've always wondered about that. Like, if you're banging holograms, it's not going to go anywhere. It's like 
if it's solid, but they do say the light is solid. So until until the hologram is like dissipated, it would be stored in its matrix. So who do you think was the first person in Starfleet who thought, gee whiz, we're going to have to create some sort of a workaround for containing spooge. I don't know, but I bet they, uh, well, no, I'd say they, I'd say they, they, they were probably, uh, hailed as a champion by all of the space janitors. <laughs> yeah, the space janitors league is like, there's this one Ferengi and he invented the spooge remover program. And, I mean, and we love I'm sure it. they have shower technology. They I have mean, shower sure, yeah. technology, but like, is it like a little micro phaser on the holodeck that just vaporizes the spooge? Because they have to code it so they don't accidentally like misfire and hit you right in the jubblies. That is a terrifying thought. Hey, I had to sneak in Star Trek somewhere because I'm a massive Trekkie, and now we're wondering where does the spooge go? I mean, it's a valid question. I've wondered it since I was a wee lad. By that, I mean a teenager. <laughs> I always wondered how many uh, female members of, or male, I'm not judging, of uh, Starfleet had like special Captain Kirk programs or Spock. I, mine would be Spock, let's be real. Because they had the whole episode about where Jordy created Lena Brahms in, in The Next Generation, his like mm -hmm. the version, and she slowly started as the program evolved because he wrote it and with his input it sort of became more and more into him which uh -oh. is all shades of creepy but yeah and then the real lena brahms actually discovered her and it's very problematic but also yeah how how many people do you think in in star trek have programmed someone to uh yeah do the old you know starfleet shuffle there was a Deep Space Nine episode about this, I feel like. There was. That was because a guy was paying Quark. He was paying a huge sum to have a replica of Major Kira. I remember that. For yeah. a personal sex slave. But that was a Ferengi for profit. You could see the Ferengi doing it. Oh, yeah, but sure. I just remember that they put, Starfleet. I just remember that in the end they put Quark's head on Kira's body. <laughs> it was brilliant. It was good. I wonder how much fun Armin, Armin Shimmerman did. He he apparently loved all the people who played the Ferengi, and they had special like rehearsals okay. on the weekends because uh, the makeup process was so long. They didn't get as much rehearsal time, so they would actually you know go above and beyond and meet on the weekends. Okay, That's I cool. know way too much about Deep Space Nine. Worth knowing about. Way too much. We lose I Bevan. Know. Uh, yes, we actually vapor. Sorry, we set the hologram. Oops, we didn't just get the spooge. Oh no, he's back. But is it real Bevan or is it hologram Bevan? Oh, I wasn't listening. What? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um. we <laughs> we accused you of being vaporized. That the spooge vaporizer missed and took all of you. Mm. So we're wondering if you're really there or a hologram. I'll never tell. <laughs> This AI thing, I mean, the the most recent development I know about it is the whole Clark's World having to close submissions thing. Ugh. Which was... Yeah, we, we should talk about that, because I think all of us, we write in genre fiction, and we like getting yeah. paid. Mm-hmm. So how oh, pissed about... off were you? All right, what, you know, run it by me. I, I heard bits and pieces. What happened? You want to take it, Joe, or you want me to? Sure. Um, so uh, a... 
periodical uh, a, a fiction magazine called Clark's World, which is one of the more prestigious magazines. Basically, one of the things that distinguishes them is that they're always open for submissions instead they're of one having of the a very few. Period. Um, yeah. One of the very few, and um, they had a huge glut of um, AI submissions. Basically, people generating like crappy mm -hmm. short AI stories and then like spamming their submission folders. To the point yeah, that they you look actually, at the graph, it's like whoop, all the way up. Yeah, they basically so they actually for the first time ever closed submissions so that they could like sort through all of the trash to find the actual real human submissions. And there's been stuff in like uh, dark web boards of get rich quick because uh, the SFWA members and their publications are their uh, rate is eight cents a word. It's one of the highest of any short story fiction much more than than literary magazines so it's the biggest bang for your buck you right now the chat bots can't write whole novels or at least can't write them very well but they can write short stories up but to about 10,000 well. words no but have you but read the, a slush pile at a major me publication yeah it's 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 um so is the so i'm so basically the idea if i'm understanding this correctly is a bunch of these like twerps have decided that if they can spam these periodicals they can make a whole bunch of money yes it's it's wow. the it's like what you i think you had said this in a tweet there's this phenomenal cult of the idea man that the oh, yeah, idea yeah, that, yeah. is somehow the most precious part of creativity mm -hmm. um i i know i'm paraphrasing you yeah no no, no. i remember it's basically <laughs> the idea that it's that it's that group of people who imagine that like the specifically where I remember hearing about it is is the video games is huge. Video games, yeah. They imagine that there's this guy at video game companies whose job is to come up with an idea for video games, and then everyone else like spins it into gold while he sits in his office and continues to just think of ideas. And they're like convinced he's that fucking stiltskin. They're convinced that uh, they're convinced that these AI programs is the way to become the idea man. It's like. Oh, sweet. I don't need to write it or anything. I can just be an idea man and spew, you know, spew my ideas at a computer that will manifest them for me. Of course, what's funny about this is even if they were right, even if they were correct, um, all that their new paradigm would do is devalue the idea man. Like, because they could hire an intern who could just, you know, pay them five bucks an hour to throw out a hundred ideas because. Statistically speaking, quantity will always beat out quality mm -hmm. over the long term. If you throw enough spaghetti at the wall, it will stick more than trying to carefully put one strand on. I mean, like, I don't... The, the, the biggest thing to me is not the threat that AI is going to, like, replace real writers in terms of, in terms of quality, um, but... What it can do is gum up the works of traditional periodicals to the point that they become like the the threat to me, like when it comes to publishers, is if AI submissions start absolutely obliterating slush piles and making making you're it gonna need an agent for everything, even a you short story. You won't just need an agent for everything. Basically, publisher like editors will start going exclusively to agents who are already established and who they know and trust. So, like, the traditional publishing world, which is already so much about who you know, 
will become even more about who you know. It'll become even more insular. It'll become even more like, basically, it'll result in the gates that are already kind of locked becoming even more locked and then chained. Yeah. That's kind of that's kind of the biggest threat that I can see of AI and traditional publishing to me. I mean, like in indie world, it's a whole different. Well, sort of I'm thing. pretty sure at, it, it'll be soon because we know we had it when Amazon started Kindle Unlimited and mm-hmm. they had these farms of people who would literally do like the same 10 pages over and over again for a thousand pages and then pay farms of basically slave labor in third world countries to just page through and collect kindle red page bounties so do you think it's going to start on amazon that there's going to be a flood of like instead of a hundred new books in a day in a category it'll be a thousand and you know 900 of them are written by ai um i'd be shocked if that's not the case already yeah i'm I'm pretty sure in some they're they're gonna what they'll start doing is mining the keywords mining the tropes ripping off i mean we thought copy paste chris who was doing all the plagiarism and ghostwriting was bad they're just gonna do it on a massive scale and this is why i drink guys yeah sake does there's a sound real appealing i think i have sake as well excellent choice that's um like i said i cold and refreshing bud light (laughs) we are not sponsored by any of these brands but we are willing to be if you would like us to drink your booze on camera thank you Shameless plug um, achieved. I have the I have like a weird a weird feeling about all of this, which is like on the one hand it's fucking terrible, but there's also a part of me that's like the creative industries have kind of always been fucking terrible. And like I oh, can't please. think of a time Tell in history more. when Huh? Tell us more about how our livelihoods well, are terrible. Well, no, I mean I mean like, you know, look back at the renaissance you weren't gonna do get much done as an artist unless you had a patron that you is know. true you know you now we have patreon get... <laughs> which you can oh, yeah. subscribe to by the way just saying authors and dragons at patreon yep, subscribe to the authors and dragons patreon um you get more content like this and uh, think, the answers um, to the questions of holodex booge it's uh it's it's it is absolutely top quality um i uh i think it's that, I don't know, it's that um, maxim of, like, in every time period, in every, you know, no matter how shitty things are, human beings always manage to find a way to experience some sort of joy. Um, you know, we're we're actually pretty good at surviving, and I think that there's always going to be people who are looking for, like, actual good stories. <laughs> You and know, ours too. We hope. <laughs> but do you think? Um, yeah, I'm. I'm not. I'm not threatened by this at all. I think. Do you, do you really think that there's going to be an AI that creates such masterpieces as your shingles verse, Mister Bevan? No. Fuck. The rest of you can't even do it. <laughs> hey, I just do shingles that are. Com- I am. I am like the little palate cleanser shingles that break yours up, Mister Mister Bevan. I am purposefully different. I'm like that Legend of Zelda episode that's on the Super Mario Brothers show once a month. That's what I am. Oh my god. Well, excuse me, princess. It's fine. Yeah. Okay. 
Don't you Trevor Belmont me. Um, no, that's the. Never mind. No, I know. I'm. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, um, I was I was expanding to the greater Nintendo Power Cartoon Universe. Oh Jesus, Trevor yes. Bell okay. Yes, gotcha. Trevor Bell. I can go. take your deep cut and cut even deeper, Mister Brassy. No, you absolutely can. <laughs> you absolutely no. can. I am not. I am. I. Uh, I am not aware of the deep magic when it comes to when it comes to I video games, there. especially. That's because you're a baby. I am absolutely not. Uh, well, and you have a background in like video games journalism, yeah. I do. I do. So, so like you are infinitely more qualified to talk about that shit than I am. I am a rare woman that has been allowed to speak of the video games and not been doxxed yet. So, uh, give it time. Knock on give wood. Knock on wood. But no, you were saying that. So you think you're fairly safe from AI because why Machines do you think can't you do are? what I do? Okay, tell me why. Tell me no, more. I, I mean, I've just I've seen examples. Of what it can do, I've played around with it a little bit. Uh yeah, it's it's a neat toy. It's it's cool what they've accomplished. Uh, I'm impressed, but it's I, I don't even want to say it's got a long way to go because I don't think it's ever going to get there. There's there is a human touch that I don't think will ever be replicated by machines. The Bevan touch. Never not, I'm not talking about me in particular. I'm well, talking I, I, about I, I can kind of agree. There, there's yeah. something that uh you know you can it can make a story, it can learn you know, uh maybe a little bit about pacing, a little bit about uh what the the what do you call it? The uh ups and downs, the like a flow and the ebb and writer. flow of a story. Whatever. So. Uh yeah. But, uh, but it's only it, copying it, other humans. Is that what you're saying? It can't truly spontaneously create. It, it's not gonna. It can't go for the feels. Yeah, I think I I think I I, I agree with this on a on a specific level, which is that um, the fact that like at least where it is now, and uh, like my caveat to this is I genuinely have no idea where it's going. Because this shit moves so quickly, and it it generally gets very weird. Um, the more it advances, it does. It goes in. It's kind of like watching a. You know how a comet thread starts at a certain point, and then like three pages down, there's like Hitler and cats, and everything yeah. goes crazy. Yeah. Um. I think that, like, the thing about AI, at least as it is right now, is it's still completely imitative. It can't. Mm -hmm. It can't come up with original ideas because it's not. It's literally just taking the sum total of what's out there and like mashing it and recreating the same stuff. I was gonna say well, it's making it that vanilla kind of very yeah. bland generic prose because it's taking the yeah. average of so much. So like, what AI is gonna come for is shit that's already incredibly derivative to begin with. And the fans it's going to come for are people who only like extremely derivative things. Um, and don't get me wrong, we're not... Because there are some... Have you ever gotten in a mood? It's the Hallmark movie mood. Maybe mm -hmm. not specifically that, but where you don't know what you want, but you don't want to be surprised. You just want... Yeah. It's like it's like comfort. It's craft macaroni and cheese in yeah. entertainment form. And I'm not even sure it can totally come for that because or because there's something to... Like, even a comfort read or a comfort, you know, something that's very familiar, um, 
its power is in the fact that it can, like Bevan said, it can generate an emotional connection to the reader. And I have yet to read any AI story that actually accomplished that, that actually, like, even if it's extremely derivative, it mm -hmm. can't, it doesn't have the spark. So you're saying that the machines don't get our emotions quite yet? No, I don't think so. And I'm not sure that they will because, and and the reason the reason I'm not sure that they will, is there seems to be this like in all a lot of these AI stories, um, and I'm talking specifically about like sci-fi stories about AI. Yeah, because that's to, what the current glut seems. Yeah, to be. there seems to be an assumption that as the computer intelligence or whatever advances it's going to do so in a way that mimics our advancement that's going to mimic the way we think and that's going to mimic the way we feel and i'm not convinced that that's how it's going to work like a machine that self-actualizes and becomes like sentient why would it think like a human you know? and, and why would it want to create poetry or whatever why yeah, do we want to create poetry I mean, none of because the three. I don't human. think it. Do any of us do poetry? Well, uh, I did any time. artistic endeavor. No, is what I'm saying. I was more curious if either of you had done poetry because I can imagine it would be radically different. A little while. Uh, I haven't written. I haven't written like straight up poetry in a while, but I have written some. I've never I tried to sell any though. That no, is so weird. I don't think itself. I've written any poetry other than as a required school assignment. So I'm I'm legit curious about it. Um, I mostly what started doing it. What makes someone want to write a poem? I I just started doing it as an offshoot of like my love of fantasy that just had poetry in it. You know, okay. that was something that I liked about Tolkien stuff, and so I imitated it a lot when I was in high school. Um, but I also occasionally wrote it as an adult just to kind of get some feelings out. Like I said, I've never tried to sell any of it. Um. And it's most not of a the... huge market. That's one thing that the AI is not coming for because it doesn't pay. Yeah, and I currently. I've never uh I've also just like most of my poetry has been most of the poetry I've written as an adult has just been kind of weird and surrealist. Um mine's just dirty rhymes. You do limericks? I am curious. Nothing wrong with that. I have. Oh, that's neat. I I'd love to hear one. There were somebody uh, asked me to write some for a book that was uh, it was it was on it was being sold at the last A and D con. Uh, I forgot who it was, but uh, yeah, they probably asked a few. Oh, people. was it the Quick Draw? The maybe the one for charity by Noah? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There. Are I was in that. Some lim limericks of mine in there. So there is a book great. that has your limericks and my story. Yeah, there you go. Okay, I will have to pull it out. As we somehow uh, managed to have pull it out in total package in the same episode yeah, where we have that. holodex boo. Well played, sirs. Well played. Um, Yeah, I mean, so you brought up a very good point. I know we're supposed to be like funny and irreverent, but what would a machine do if it advanced in intelligence? Would a machine want to write poetry? If it did... I can't imagine that it would be, I mean, like, at first, I guess it would be imitating human poetry, since it, I mean, since what AI does is imitate what humans do at this point. 
but like if again one of the things that i would define as and again i am i am not an ai expert i am not a i'm not even a sci-fi guy but um if i had to define at what point does an artificial intelligence like cross the line from just being a complex algorithm to being like a sentient being it would be when it stops doing derivative stuff that's just amalgamated from internet scraping and starts actually creating something that's unique to its experience according like, to short circuit is when it can laugh at a joke interesting that's johnny five johnny five is alive yeah. i kind of like that i mean it is a concept because the very nature of laughing at a joke is surprisingly a difficult like construct like mm-hmm. because you can you always say like dying is easy comedy is hard oh yeah it's so easy you can always do something like if you kill the puppy people are sad mm-hmm. but is what hard. makes people yeah. laugh is entirely subjective to so many thousands of independent factors that what would make an ai laugh yeah other than it's... farts I mean, well actually ais don't fart so they wouldn't even laugh at the universality the like the constant of funny in the human experience is flatulent would an ai laugh at it yeah i have i have no idea that's kind of like the like i said that's sort of why i'm not exactly threatened by the idea of ai becoming self-actualized or at least like i'm not threatened in the sense of it's going to take my job away um part of that at least not immediately at least not immediately um but uh but also like whatever it becomes is probably not going to be what I expect. And it's probably going to be pretty fucking weird. Um, I like pretty fucking weird though. I hang out with you guys. And I mean, so I don't know. I'm, I guess I'm a little worried. I guess I'm, I'm worried for the sort of structural threat of it, like fucking with submission systems and yeah, but, but even then that's not really the AI doing it. That's humans. That's humans being assholes. <laughs> You know, Do you think that's... it's going to be something like NFTs, where there's a, a crush and a pain, and then it... I mean, when's the last time you've heard crap about NFTs lately? Well, NFTs... The, NFTs were a flash in the pan. AI is... I mean, that will ever continue to evolve. Yeah. But do you think, think this like, current streak of, like, no, flooding think... submissions and stuff? Oh, yeah. Think, oh, that? Yeah. I don't know. I think that's going to be a bit of a flash in the pan, primarily because the reason they're doing it, like, it comes down to one question. Are they doing it because they're trolling the system and trying to break it? Or are they doing it because they actually think they're going to make money? If it's the latter, then they're not going to make any money. Yeah. And once they don't make money, they're going to just wander away, at What's, least from... They realize, for all this fucking work I'm doing, I could have just written a book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And and the other, if they're just trolling, the thing about, like, so the thing, so, like, full confession, I spent a period of my late teens and early 20s on 4chan. Like, I just, I would browse the boards, I was kind of like, so I'm familiar with the subculture. Um, that watching the world burn, break it because yeah. you can mentality. And the thing about these people is, while they're very dedicated when they have a target picked, they get bored quickly. So, so, like, when they're and I'm not talking about like obviously the cycle of harassment of specific individuals can persist for a very long time, 
But when I talk about things like uh, one random example I can think of is when 4chan decided to attack the Church of Scientology. Um, they occasionally do good. Yeah, that lasted for a couple of months to a year, and then mm-hmm. they got bored. And they went to do something else. So, like, if they're just trolling the publishing system, um, then they're going to get bored. Okay. I guess that brings to the, the follow-up question of all of this. Is there any good for AI? Is there anything we can actually use in it? Besides just the obvious of, finally, something can tell me where the fuck to put a comma. Um, so, again, I'm not an expert, but... Um... I'll say not yet. Yeah, in, I think not. In its current state. Uh, like even, Have you used it for anything? Or just no, played just around? No, played around with it. And, then, and I, I watch a lot of uh, YouTube videos about this sort of thing. And, uh, you know, people are saying, oh, you can use it to you know, do you know, web content and stuff. You know, and like, you know, I, I get a lot of content written for my website. And mm-hmm. I would not let AI anywhere near there in its Is current state. Is it that state. bad? It's not bad it's just so it's it's nothing it's just it's, it's filler okay 100 like yeah. filler yeah it's, so it tells it's, you exactly what you need to know in the most boring way possible is that what you mean well, or? not even boring it's just like you know when i when i when i outsource my content i want something that it's going to draw viewers in they're going to read an article they're going to say oh that was that was an experience I'm happy with. I'm going to bookmark this site. I'm going to come back. I want to see you know what this site has. To, I want to know this site's opinion on other things that it talks about. AI is not going to give them that experience. No, it is. I know. You it, it might be able to like you know do some uh, SEO ninja stuff for keywords or whatnot. It's going to be short term. People are going to, you know, see that and say, oh, yeah, I've been burned by that website before. Skip. That sort of thing. Yeah. Hey, it's a valid like, point. Like, in order for it to make people's lives better, the things it automates would need to be things that, um, things where doing those things isn't something that people rely on for a job. Like, it would need to not take jobs away. Um, it, I suppose, you know, I suppose if it could streamline some things, uh, I guess that would be good. But I, I, like, I, I kind of agree that not in its current form, because again, in its current form, it just, it just kind of imitates shit. And when it comes to generating web content, like, like kind of like adjacent to what Bevan said, most AI, like, I guess I've heard people say that they could use AI to generate quick opinion pieces. But the thing is those opinion pieces aren't going to say anything there they i've i've seen a few of them and it's like you know when you're talking to your guidance counselor at your school and you can tell mm-hmm. they're just quoting something out of yeah, a book exactly and they don't that. care it feels exactly like that it's like you would be an excellent creative individual rachel I'm like I, I know that but um how how will that pay for my life sir you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, it's it's that it's that perfect example of, like, you read an AI opinion piece, and it's like, wow, that's a lot of words that said nothing. Well, like, architecture it, it, in, a, like, a communist place, like, yeah, uh, it's functional, but, uh... But has yeah, no soul. Like Joe was like, saying, the, 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 the spark isn't there. 
Yeah. I mean, have you have you ever have either of you tried writing an outline for something with AI? No, I played with the Chat GPT very briefly, and I got bored with it. And uh, yeah, I tried yeah, to generate but, uh, a few outlines, okay. and it was literally yeah. like it just repeated, like, and then your main person meets, you know, their love interest. Well, like, then I, I mean, to be fair though, my. Yeah, I didn't give it enough of a chance. There, I, I have, like I said, I watch a lot of YouTube videos about this sort of thing. I have seen impressive things. You, you have to learn how to finagle. You got to learn the chat. You got to learn the dance, the back and forth, what it can understand, what it's going to struggle with. You know, when you get a little more experience with it, you can do more interesting things. I would imagine. Um, kind of like on the mid journey art prompts, where I've seen yeah. some people create some amazing stuff, and I look at it and go. Draw me a snowman. All right. Yeah. So I guess there there are it's a tool, I think, for certain I could see it maybe for outlining, maybe for just like sorting notes, or I'm wondering if eventually I could use it to to skim and do like character sheets or character bios, like what friggin' eye color does this person have? I could see maybe in the future using it for some of those administrative and note keeping tasks. Like, if you've got a book that has six or eight books in a series, if it, something could read it and just summarize them, mm. that would be helpful. But I, I haven't seen that really work yet. I've only seen outlines that were at least moderately useful. I suppose, I suppose, a, an, interesting, I suppose an interesting tack you could take. And again, I don't, know if the, I don't know if it can even do it at this point. But, like, you could say, summarize X book. You mm-hmm. know, tell the program to summarize X book and see what it does. I guess. Yeah. I know I Rick did it to to read his books, and it it described like three books he'd never written, and we're just like, oh, what are these? So I mean, it has some <laughs> hilarious misinformation. I had it write a vampire story in my uh, style, like a short mm-hmm. one, and it was the most cutesy, Disneyfied crap. And I'm like, is that what I write? I I um. I think that uh, that as well. It's just like I said. I think the technology is is just kind of too young, and it's it's good for spamming shit. It's good yeah. for generating crap and and generating it very very quickly. Which it I is guess, good for grammar and spelling. I will say that grammar uh, checkers and spell checkers in the past three years are leaps and bounds what they used to be. Yeah, that's 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 valid. Um, so I'm sure and the that's text to speech, which is an AI function. I will say mm-hmm. that's one of the few good things because for people who can't write, like when my hands were bound up from mm-hmm. uh, carpal tunnel, text to speech saved me. Yeah, and we couldn't do that even. I mean, it it was in its infancy just ten years ago, and that is an AI function. It's just yeah, it's a good natural, lang- would, natural language processing is is a huge improvement in the past few years. I know they use it in medical professions too. It saves lives mm-hmm. because it reads like progress notes and pulls out information. I'm a little terrified at how much AI is being used in modern medicine after seeing it recently, but I mean, it does. Stuff like that saved my son's life. So yeah, yeah, yeah. When it, I'm worried about AI that decides to start diagnose, like when they start using AI to diagnose stuff. Stuff I'm worried about that. It's but. already being used partially because what it okay. does is it will read what it. It's the same thing that the Chat GPT does. It reads mm-hmm. 
all your progress note history and it pulls out the keywords and produces potential diagnoses okay. over multiple reported because it might be you saw a doctor two years ago for a chest pain and then you had a foot pain at a different doctor and if they don't necessarily know to look for it Mm-hmm. It skims and combines and goes. Maybe there's a whole systemic issue like lupus or something like that. Oh, okay. Yeah, I suppose that's a good thing then. They also use it for you were prescribed this medication, this medication, this medication, and this medication, um, and to try to prevent kind of the uh, side effects. The, uh, not just the side effects, but like the Michael Jackson thing where he was getting painkillers from multiple unrelated doctors that was allowing him to get enough to overdose. Yeah, that makes sense. So thank you, AI. Please don't kill us first. <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate your your helping people through modern medicine. But it, it is it's kind of scary in a way because it's change. Change is always scary. I'm not afraid. It is. You're not afraid? What scares you, Mr. Bevan? Heights and cockroaches. What about a bunch of cockroaches at a very high height? Yes. Okay. Good to know. <laughs> Note to self, do not. <laughs> I've only had one bad cockroach experience in my life, and I feel like it kind of makes up for the fact that I have not had any other ones. It's like <laughs> I, I crammed all of the bad cockroach experiences into one. Oh, please tell us this cockroach. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I want to know your good cockroach experience. Yeah, what is your good cockroach experience? No, 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 I had like one bad, one really bad cockroach experience. Like, I only had one cockroach experience. and that Only was one, one like, in cool, your whole life. One that was like this big, crawled oh, out of the drain in my shower while I was taking a shower. I had the, mm. I went to India to train mm. for my day job. I was not prepared for the size and I just oh, turn yeah. on the light, and out of... It was the same thing. They crawl out of the drain. And I, I just... I screamed like a little girl. I won't lie. It was it was very high-pitched. Uh, nearly supersonic scream. I think I, I alerted nearby cats and dogs to my presence. And then uh, I ran. And the, the lovely landlord... He, he was a pacifist, too. So he took a cup and took... Skippy the cockroach out of my bathroom. And from then, and I knew he came back because I saw the feelers. So we had an agreement for the rest of my stay in Ahmedabad is that I would turn on the light, wait a minute because the light would make him disperse. And I was like, you do your thing, Skippy, and I will do mine. But yeah, they are, they, they are built different in India. That doesn't surprise me. And I hope we haven't unnerved Mr. Bevan with our cockroach tails. The worst, though, that was actually not my worst cockroach experience. If you want my worst cockroach experience, it involved a movie theater, a Reese's Pieces, and a very unexpected crunch. That was my worst cockroach experience. It took years to be able to eat a Reese's peanut butter cup. Was it, like, inside the wrapper? It was on the cup. I bit through that. I killed a cockroach with my teeth. Cool. It's pretty gross. It was absolutely horrifying. I don't remember this, but my parents, apparently, we lived in an apartment that had cockroaches when I was really, really little. And my mom's breaking point was when she found me playing with one. You had a positive experience with a cockroach. You were just related. I I was like, I must have been like two years old or something. 
playing with a cockroach. At least you didn't bite it in half. No, that's true. Do you have any cockroach stories you'd like to share, Robert? Uh, no. In fact, I don't want to talk about them at all. I uh, I will respect Sorry. that. Huh? What would? Uh, well, I think you know what. It's a good time to just pimp our shit and go. Thank yeah. you, AI overlords. Please kill us last. <laughs> what would you guys like to pimp this fine side quest? What have you got out? I'll start with you, uh, Robert. Same thing as same thing as I've had out for a while. Um, uh, Skyfarer and Dragon Road are out anywhere books are sold, at least for the moment. Um, but you do have an awesome, amazing work in progress that I got to get a sneak preview of. Yes, I did. I have I have a number of works in progress uh, that I am that I am trundling away on. Um, this with my agent right now, uh, and I'm writing summaries. Uh, lovely. You should have a. You should. You know what you should do? You should try Chat GPT to see oh, if God. it can write your summaries. Come on, just see what it does as an experiment yeah. to end this side quest. We would like to know what it says. Oh, okay. What it says. Sounds like a good follow up. Um, but yes, Mr. Bevan, the writer of Critical Fairs. What is it number? Is it number nine, or are you up to ten? Oh no! Uh, supposed to be working on ten. Totally working on ten. He's just being modest. <laughs> and yes, I am Re Car. My latest book, The Accidental Summoner, is published by Falstaff Press, which officially means that John Hartness owns my soul. Please buy it. It's a book about a demon accidentally summoned via burrito, um, and no AI was used in its uh, creation. Yay. Yes, I have been R.E. Carr, and I would like to thank you for joining us for our surprisingly deep and existentially questioning artificial intelligence side quest. Maybe we actually have some actual intelligence here. Maybe. So, maybe. <laughs> Until I speak to you again, toodaloo and bye. bye. Goodbye, friends. Authors and Dragons is brought to you under a Creative Commons license, meaning you are free to share this material so long as credit is given to those who created it, which is us, the people you just heard play the game. Opening and closing themes performed by the Gore Core 4. Authors and Dragons!